You're listening to the Wheel of Time TV podcast with Jay Florence. All right, welcome to Randland episode 12. Uh, so, warning for all of our fans if you didn't read the episode description, this episode is chock full of spoilers very exciting. So Colin and I have both read the entire Wheel of Time series at least once, probably multiple times. And today we're going to be talking about Rand and his relationships with the three women, Min, Elaine, and Avienda. So the entire episode will be focused around this. Very exciting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We will also be having two guests today. So what we really want to talk about is to deep dive into this relationship um, and all the, the various topics of discussion that it brings up involving obviously a polyamorous relationship, the relationship between Rand and the women, as well as the relationship between the women. So our first guest is going to be Rakapa Sadai, uh, who you may know from YouTube and Twitter of Time. And then our second guest is Tigraine Mantir, who you might also know as Shail of the Socially Distanced Clan on Twitter of Time. Um, so our goal today is really uh, for Colin and I to discuss our, our points of view on this relationship and how we'd like to see it change or be brought to life for the Wheel of Time on Prime TV series, as well as talking to, you know, deeply embedded fans like Rakapa Sadai and Tigraine to get their point of view and also get like the beat of the pulse of what fans are thinking at home. Colin, as someone who's read the whole series, can you give me an idea of what what kind of topics does this bring to mind for you that you'd like to explore through this discussion uh, when we when we think about and when we talk about this relationship? Right, right. I think the big one is through the years we've often see this relationship described um, a number of different ways, but a very common one is kind of like the harem aspect mm -hmm. of it, and I think that's. Uh, it's obviously problematic in a lot of ways. Um, I also think it's inaccurate. Um, so yeah. I, th I think in a lot of ways, it's kind of like a, it's an outside in perspective. It's people putting something on top of it. Yeah. So I think that's problematic. But I also think, I also like to discuss like the difference between polygamy and polyamory. Mm -hmm. I mean, there definitely is a difference. And I think that the relationship that we see in the books is, is one of those things. And I'd like it, I'd like to see it expanded into the other. Can you define for us what you think the difference is between polygamy and polyamory? So polygamy is a marital relationship where one person is married to many other people. Whereas polyamory is a relationship, it's a sexual relationship between many people. Mm -hmm. So I think that the books, um, it's, a, it's more than just a sexual relationship, but generally speaking, there's a sexual relationship involved in the relationship. Um, so I think the books, the canonically, what we see in the books is um, a polygamous relationship. We see mm -hmm. we see Rand as the central point, and then the other three ladies are spokes um, radiating from Rand, right? Yeah. As opposed to um, as opposed to a different kind of image, which would be four different points, each point connected to every other point, and that's the kind of relationship I think is healthier 
that's an opinion. That's definitely an opinion of mine. Um, and I think that um, I would like to see the TV show move more in that direction. I agree. And I, I think, you know, when we hear Rand's harem, which like you said, is sort of an outside perspective or something that's been laid over top of this, um, it, it does sort of have a basis in the fact that when we see Rand having sex or having intimate relationships, it's always like completely separate with the women. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like the the term harem evokes sort of like a stable of women. <laughs> like I'm going to take this one out and play with her and then put her back. And it's like these separate lanes without um, the interconnection, which there is a basis for in the books. It's just not necessarily like taken to a romantic intimate level between the women, exactly. which for me is what I want to see in totally. the show. And I think it's, yeah. it's, it becomes a broader conversation because then we're talking about queerness, like introducing like hard and fast queerness into the show. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to like, you know, little like bubbles of pillow friends that are discussed like every once in a while, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I know that it's going to be, it's going to be a point of contention if they were to take this route because people are going to be like, oh, rape is pushing an agenda, blah, blah, blah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's, it's a difficult conversation. It's a difficult thing. And I'm curious to see how they're going to handle that. Yeah. I, one thing I was thinking about is that, you know, th- the idea that there is a polyamorous relationship or there is polyamory within the wheel of time, which we, which we will talk about and explore not just through Rand and his relationships, but also counterpoints like the Aiel marriage custom or like the green Aja relationships. So mm-hmm. we see it pop up in, in different ways. And it is a very modern concept that still feels modern today because it's, you know, relationship things that people are still discussing and figuring out and figuring out for their own lives and relationships Mm -hmm. um but i i was almost thinking of this i've been you know under quarantine and admittedly watching way too much love island uh like a lot like a lot of love island uk and so i started when i was thinking ren's harem i was like oh my god it's like love island randall thor edition Oh my god. (laughs) Because one thing they do on Love Island is like they try out these different couples. And another thing that's specific to the show is they don't show sex and they edit out pretty much like all mentions or discussion of it um, because they didn't want people to get shamed. Okay. You know, like early sort of trashy reality shows. They didn't want those people to get slut shamed after the show. So they don't show it. And it's not even like heavily implied. Um, and the Wheel of Time is kind of like that. We get instances, you know, I think there's confirmation in Rand's case. But there's a lot of other relationships and intimate relationships going on in the Wheel of Time mm-hmm. where we just get like the vaguest implication that something's going on. And I, right. I think that's true for like the Green Aja and the Aiel. Like mm-hmm. we don't really understand how the Aiel marriage works between the wives, things like that. Or sure. how does it work between... Uh, a green Aes Sedai and her multiple warders. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there is some mention actually of like green Aes Sedai getting it on with multiple of their warders, but again, we don't know if it's like meant to be a polygamous or a polyamorous situation because he doesn't go enough in depth and doesn't really show sex except for like a few instances really to move Rand's plot forward because he like couldn't. Could not show that, you know. Right, right, right. Elaine can't magically get pregnant. 
Like, right. <laughs> Son of Immaculate Conception, right. Rand <laughs> fell into my garden and then I had twins. <laughs> Metaphorically fell into my garden, yeah. That's how they do it in Canada. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Totally. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting. I mean, I think another thing I'd like to see Wheel of Time on Prime do is mm-hmm. is use those other relationships, as you mentioned, Rinaja, the Aiel. Mm-hmm. Um, use those other um, cultural systems to to highlight the the differences and and the similarities between those relationships and this this central relationship that we're talking about. Yeah, I think I think that's really important actually to kind of give give a sounding board or something so you can see the differences or you can discuss this this greater topic by way of different avenues. I agree, and you know, uh, fans did there was a lot of buzz in the fan fandom about Alana Sedai being announced early mm-hmm. with two male warders. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we know in the books, she doesn't really have a role to play until much later. We meet her in the Great Hunt, but she just kind of there. Um, right. And bringing her in early and obviously like giving her, you know, established relationships means she's going to be more of a player. And that mm-hmm. is sort of, we hope, setting the groundwork so that when Rand's relationships evolve, there is more context to intimacy right. in this world and, and more of a depth to the sexuality in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So up next, we are going to talk to Rakapa Sedai. Um, I'm sort of holding back some of our opinions because I know I want to deep dive into this with her. And uh, she might have some hot takes just to give you guys uh, a heads up. I don't know if she might ruffle some fan feathers, uh, but it should be a really good discussion. Before our next guest joins, let's talk about what we like about the relationship or what Jordan actually did well in this situation. I think, um, I mean, overall, reading the books, when I, if I try to think back to my first read-through of the books, um, I enjoyed the relationship between Rand and Elaine Avienda and Min. I think I thought, I felt like it was a little clunky at times, but I think ultimately I really did enjoy it. And I think that that was possible because I think Jordan I, I get the feeling that he he really tried to give every aspect of the relationship um, its due time. That is to say that every one of the women has their time with Rand and the time to establish a relationship, but each one also has their time with the other women to establish those relationships. Um, and I think he he tries to present it from all different sides, which I think is a good thing. Um, it's interesting to me that he does it, he, he presents it from all different sides in terms of um, giving us the point of view, but but still doesn't take that extra, extra step to make it polyamorous as opposed to polygamous. It's an interesting thing for me, but uh, ultimately, I, th- I think he he was trying to do the good work there. I think there are still some problematic things about it, but I, I, I like that the women have relationships with one another ex- like outside of Rand, right? Like he's not like, he doesn't necessarily become this, the glue, you know? I think it's important, and I think that's an aspect I want to see expanded upon in the in the TV show, yeah. as well as uh, I think we'll get into this when we start talking to some of the fans, um, but there are instances within each of those relationships that I don't necessarily love or that could be seen as problematic that mm-hmm. I think could be finessed or sussed out a little bit differently when brought to life in television. Yeah, I agree. I agree. 
Next up on Randland, we are meeting with the legendary Rakapa Sedai. You have been called before the Hall of the Tower to relate what you have seen. I charge you to speak of these things without evasion or holding back, leaving out nothing. Say now that you will do so under the light and by your hope of rebirth and salvation, or suffer the consequences. <laughs> I oh sorry ah ah welcome for Kappa Sedai. <laughs> I already messed it up. I How dare you speak before the ambulance has addressed you? Ah, I'm sorry, mother. Welcome back to the Hall of the Tower. Thank you. I'm a mess as usual. Um, I wait, no, but I swear under the light and my hope of rebirth and salvation. Mm -hmm. Knock on wood. <laughs> mm -hmm. Sure. Uh -huh. Sorry, mother. You know what they say the brown Aja is the new black Aja. Just kidding. <laughs> hey. As a, a brown Aes Sedai, imagine you're extremely educated. Uh, we have a debate here at Randland, and we'd be keen to get your insight on this, but uh, do Merdral have buttholes? What, what is, where do you stand? I kind, of, I kind of like the idea that they don't eat. I think that's cause they're so spooky. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think I said that I think they don't have buttholes, but I think Stomp was like keen on them having it for his Murdral orgy. Right. So. Right. <laughs> well, I'm gonna put it before the other Browns. I'm gonna. I will make sure we have a, a meeting on this important question because it's got to be answered. We need to. Know. I, I think yeah, we're tasking the Brown Aja with this. Yes. The Amberlin wants to know, and this is an ancient question that has eluded us for many turnings of the wheel. I mean, that's if the brown Aja is not there for that, what are we here for? <laughs> Good I'm question. Sure I'm sure there's some sister like hearted work at this. this Probably, report. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, as fun as that is, it is not why you've been summoned here today. Oh. Um, today, <laughs> we're talking about what has commonly been referred to as Rand's harem. <sighs> This is a particularly derogatory name for the intimate relationship between Rand and the three ladies, Min, Elaine, and Avienda. Um, so obviously this is a hot topic. Uh, some have hailed this as a very modern relationship, while others have criticized how it's portrayed. And so we wanted to talk to you, Rakapa, uh, and get your initial thoughts on the relationship or any general criticisms that you might have that you want to explore today. Totally. In the sitting of the hall. I love it. This is, oh, this is such a topic because like I do have kind of strong feelings about it and I feel like my opinion is a pretty unpopular. Well, I've changed the way I think about this. I, my feelings on this, the first time I read the series, I really didn't like it, this dynamic. Okay. Because it happens specifically to Rand. Mm -hmm. uh, as Like Rand is the only character we see who has three ladies. Mm -hmm. And if it were any other character, I think I'd feel differently. But because it is Rand and he's the dragon reborn and he's doing the most, he's our main hero, it feels objectifying that he's the only character who has three women. And mm -hmm. um, I, I stepped in it online. People were not happy when I said this, but the truth is that on a first read, it felt to me like they were his reward from the pattern because he is, there are references to the pattern rewarding people 
And I'm not, I am not saying that I look at women or women's love as a commodity. That's not what I mean. But the implication to me was that's what the books were saying, because this only happens for Rand, the Dragon Reborn. Um, so I, I brought this up and a lot of people were upset about it. And I found out that this dynamic means a lot to people. Like a lot of people really care about the polyamorous representation in the Wheel of Time. And some of them even said that this is why they love the Wheel of Time. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea. I didn't know people felt that way. So I now think, I just, I now really hope they do keep it in the show. But I would really hope that in the show, we get to see more fleshed out relationships, especially between the three women. Um, Because I just think, especially because of Min's viewing, we don't really get to see these relationships develop naturally. So I have a harder time relating to them. Right before you joined, Colin mentioned the difference between polygamy and polyamory and how that nuance will really affect how this relationship is brought to life on screen. Um, And so I think to the point you made about developing the relationships with the women even more is interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think that Jordan tries to give um, the women relationships external from Rand. He, He tries to... I think the the phrase I use is that Rand doesn't become the glue of the relationship. But again, I do think it does fall short. And as you mentioned, men's viewings are a large part of that. So how can it be natural if if they all know it's predetermined in some way, right? So I don't know. I I think that we could have a whole other discussion about men, which I'd be happy to do in a different episode, because I think she's fantastic and she has her own burdens that she has to deal with. But it's it's a hard thing because I don't I don't want to hobble um, her character and what what she does and what she has and her burden in that respect, but at the same time, it would be nice to to have these really these relationships if they're going to happen anyway. Why not just let them happen, right? I think it might be interesting since Min's viewing is sort of like at at the crux. It has a huge impact on how all the relationships develop, mm-hmm. um, but it is also something like you said that's intrinsic to her character. So kind of just to throw it out there, like what would it mean for the show if Min has her viewing but doesn't necessarily share it with the ladies? Do you, like, is that yeah. something you guys would be keen on? I'm all about that because I I know that the, the viewings are fun. Like, it's fun to get a prophecy. Um, but I also think that it just, it, the story just kind of shoots itself in the foot there because A, we know what's going to happen and they know what's going to happen. And I think that the thing with men's viewing is sometimes she doesn't understand them. So I think it would be very easy for on the show for them to be like, oh, you know, this doesn't have to affect the relationship. She either doesn't understand the viewing. Maybe she doesn't have the viewing, but I think she even could have the viewing and just not fully know what it means. Or, I mean, what would it mean if she understood it but withheld it? I love that. Right, right. I feel like, I don't know. I guess like that's actually a good point. I hadn't thought about that. And it's a good point because I was thinking about men in general and the sheer amount of information she has to keep to herself is, I don't know if I could deal with it, quite frankly. It's its mm-hmm. really a burden. Yeah. And I think perhaps if the producers are interested in highlighting that, this would be a good avenue to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a great way to show what that, I mean, if the, this thing that's so personal to her that she can't share it, that would be a really interesting way to show what this conflict is like for her of not being able to share her viewings with people. Right. right. I love that. One thing, uh, this just brought this up for me again, but uh, 
back early in our Ranland podcast, we did some fan castings and did castings ourselves. And we had explored the idea of men being portrayed by a non-binary actor or as a non-binary character. And one thing I just think it would be interesting because in the books, as someone who is a queer woman, I find men to be very straight. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the idea of men sort of developing any intimate relationship with Elaine or Avienda, I think would be kind of far-fetched unless her character changed. Um, But otherwise, I... Like, I do think there is sort of, like, a strong bond between Elaine and Avienda, like, romantically, that could evolve. But I don't know where men would necessarily fit in. Right. Yeah. Because she's just so much closer with Rand, I feel like. No, I agree. I think that if one were to draw lines, it would, that would be the, that would be the line, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting conundrum uh, to, see, to see what they, what they will do with that. Actually, uh, we did do a survey online with Twitter of Time, and at Duggan Jones said, Rand is serially with all three of the women, uh, but the endgame couples are Avienda, Elaine, and Rand and Min. That's an interesting way to put it. Um, (laughs) It is is kind of where it goes. I mean, I've been rereading parts of Winter's Heart and realizing that, like, Min doesn't. Min barely knows Avienda when they bond mm-hmm. Rand. She truly yeah. barely knows him, and it's from these chapters of Elaine's perspective. And Elaine has no idea if they're going to like each other. And right. I understand they don't know when's the next time they're going to be together, so they feel like they need to do it now. But that is weird to me. I would think that they should prioritize their own desires a little higher. You know? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do think I just thought of this since we are talking about sort of like the silos and the disconnects, one of them being Min and Avienda. But I mean, Min's character could change a bit for the show, you know, so that maybe there is a different relationship with her and Avienda or maybe Avienda and her cross paths at a different point, but there are those opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing that would be interesting to me is if Min knows the viewing and withholds it, but then ends up finding intimacy with at least one or some of the other women and it sort of surprises her. I love Or that. like, I think right, that could right. be cool. I love that. Yeah, I think that would be good. I think that, that would make me happier about the situation. Yeah. Did you think when you read for the first time that that was where it was going with Elaine and Avienda? Did you think it was going to turn into a more... Because I feel like they're sort of vague about it. I feel like it, it, you could read it in a way that they are romantically connected or maybe they're just very, very close friends. But I, I really thought it was going to go further in that direction. And, it, uh, and then I thought it kind of... I don't know. I, it's, I wonder if other people think that they are romantically involved in the books. I, th- I think that Jordan does his classic case of like hedging yeah. of like, you know, even of like uh, giving you just enough to hint at this possibility, but right. not really <laughs> giving you enough to like confirm anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the green odds on their warders. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of unfortunately problematic um, now, like later, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But I think I would, I, I th- we kind of were discussing earlier and I think, Quite frankly, I feel like the only answer to fix this is queerness, quite frankly. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Which is, I don't know. I think that fixes everything. No, no I but, agree. <laughs> yes. I agree. But, I think yeah. Jordan laid the groundwork so our minds naturally go there. And like you yeah. said, he allows us to hedge. Yeah. But 
in my experience, he painted them as like very heterosexual women. I agree. And so that prevents it from going to that place and from having like a deeper continuity to make it polyamorous and not just polygamy where Rand is at the center of these three women. Yeah, totally. And I, I going back to what you said about men being non-binary, I love that. I, I would be thrilled if the show went there. Um, I... I'd be surprised if it went there just because it's a it's a I mean, I'd love to see that. I really would now that you say it, because mm-hmm. I think that all these issues, it just it becomes a little better explored if you have that representation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think so, too. And something that we've been discussing for a long time is that, you know, it is very it's a binary magic system. And Rafe says it's not about one gender or the other. It's about balance. But it it would be cool to have a character like that represented in the mix since the system is going to be very polarized and mm-hmm. kind of yeah. true to the books, I feel like. I'm so curious to see if we'll see any males channeling Sidar or vice versa. Just because I think that's the thing in the series that is, I don't want to say it doesn't hold up, but I think it's it's challenging. It's super challenging. Yeah. It's super challenging. Um, and even like the whole like Arngar situation, yeah. like even that's problematic. Yeah. It's a punishment. And yeah, exactly. I heard someone say something interesting that they thought that that was, it was great representation because you see how hard it is for her to be in the wrong body. And I hadn't thought of it that way, but I also mm. think ultimately it's done as a punishment and it's the only time we see that in the series. Yes, exactly. So, Yeah. Yeah. But I, she comes to like it. She does, yeah. Or he come, they come to like it. Which is I why mean, I love her. So, I mean, I don't disagree with you, but I think there is a way to keep the situation but change uh, their, her, his attitude towards the change. Like, if you sure. just wakes up and but i the struggle is also interesting there's a lot of interesting aspects to it but mm-hmm. but maybe the channeling the wrong quote i'm just let me go with that one half of the truth source could come to life through the forsaken in a more positive way like a different way yeah, yeah. but but we'll table that for now because it was a little bit off topic sorry <laughs> <laughs> i excited about Arngar. i, really I know <laughs> Who doesn't? But I do think um, going back to what you guys said about queerness, queerness being a solution, that makes me think of the green Aja, who is another example of polyamory, but probably it seems like for the show going to be more true polyamory potentially. Right now we know that there's Alana and her two warders. Um, And so the question really is, do they just have relationships to Alana Sedai or do they have relationships with each other as like a triumvirate, a little throuple? Yeah. uh, Because that would be a nice counterpoint as an example of like true polyamory versus what Rand's got going on. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. If they're going to, I mean, that's, that's the other side of it is we're going to really explore polyamory. Then we need to see, one woman with lots of men so um or whatever the arrangement is but um i think that that's a really good way to show both sides sort of and Mm -hmm. it's also something that is so vague in the books that we all kind of want to see explored i think yeah right honestly like i think a lot is the a lot is the gateway to that situation because she's the one we get closest to who is in scenarios such as that Mm -hmm. but i think actually a better parallel is morella sedai 
because Morella Sedai actually has a harem in so much as yeah. she is in a situation where she is she has power over her warders and she is the only one who's mentioned who's like married to them. That's it's true. Remember that she's married to all three of her warders, if not all of them, she could mm-hmm. by the end of the book. She has like six warders by the end of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> she, so you know what I mean? So this is the opposite situation. This is this is this is a, a polygamous situation where she is a central person who is married to each of them. Um, and she ha- she actually exerts power over them, which is actually not something that we see from the Rand relationship. That's um, true. So I'm curious to see if they keep that one in there. And that one, to me, would actually be a stronger parallel to the Rand, Avienda, Mend, uh, Elaine situation um, yeah. to see how they handle that. Yeah, I'd love to see them go into that. Oh, it's so interesting when Lan's with her. It's just so interesting. Yeah, it's great. Exactly. Yeah. Can you imagine the green Aja drama? Like, like <laughs> people spilling tea and talking trash about Marilla and Alana yes. being like, I'm doing this right. Like, <laughs> I it would just be, yeah, such good gossip in the greens. <laughs> For sure. Um, I also, you know, this is the first time we're doing a true spoiler full episode. And I'm really excited down the line. I want to deep dive into the red Aja. They have to have their own intimate relationships, but we really, it's like a closed book. We don't know anything. I mean, we know Elida had some pillow friends, Mm -hmm. but just because they don't like men doesn't mean they're asexual, which I also think of the white cloaks being all these men like in an army, like, are we going to see queerness in the white cloaks? Because they don't exactly court women as they tramps through these villages. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, that would be interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. That's interesting just because they, they're so, um, they seem like they would be conservative about that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see them explore that. I'd love that. Yeah. So back to Randman, Avienda, and Elaine. I think for me going through it, it was just really striking that Min doesn't know Avienda yet. And they still mm. go forward with this. Yeah, yeah, it's true. They're, it's sort of tacked on at the end. It's amazing that we've gone through this long journey and there's still a disconnect between Min and Navienda. Yeah. Um, and it's something that they both have to grapple with. Um, and sort of maybe the only glue is that Elaine has told Avienda about the viewing and about this woman and that they're going to have to share. And then they're all just kind of throw up their hands and they're like, all right, he's here. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think that for me is like, the main not i don't want to say issue it's it's great i love the wheel of time i love these characters um but i do think for me in all three cases min is the least like this but it feels like really they're just giving into their fate um instead of making a decision to go after something they really want not that they don't want him but i just think that it feels like acceptance on all sides um Mm -hmm. instead of we're gonna take a chance and do this for ourselves um, yeah. And I would love on the show to see them make a decision that this is an arrangement they want instead of they're accepting that this is what has to happen. Mm-hmm. Colin, I'm curious, what do you think of Rand's role when he's being bonded and his sort of path to to being bonded by these women? Because he doesn't really get much say in it. And his point of view is still, you know, like that it's wrong and he has guilt. Right. I think that like, that's, I was thinking, I've been thinking about that. Rand's kind of um, like, he always calls himself like a lecher or something when he's referring to how he feels about these women. And I, I feel like it's part of, I mean, it's, it's ingrained in the character. He comes from this provincial place. It's something that he's not used to. Whereas like 
Avienda, like for her, it's like, it's fine, right? So I don't know. I, I think that it's, it's in some ways, it's a device that Jordan is using to in some ways create empathy for Rand. Mm-hmm. Because if he, if, if Rand were like gung-ho, if Rand were like, oh yeah, this is great. I got like three women and like, I'm the fucking dragon reborn. Then like, we'd be like, what the, I don't, this is gross. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but if, if he, if he's constantly questioning, he's not quite sure himself. Um, it, it, it kind of, it reduces uh, his, his asshole impact basically, but also um, causes us to, to kind of, it creates friction within the relationship itself. And I think that actually, I, I wonder about when we're discussing men and Avienda, I think that I don't know if I necessarily, I definitely agree that they don't have the strongest relationship, but I don't know if I necessarily want that to be completely solved because I think that relationships are still going to have problems. And, and, and I don't think that the show needs to, we don't need to come from the show thinking like, okay, well, you know, all polyamorous or all polygamous relationships are perfect in the end, you know, because relationships are not perfect and they take the required work. So I think it is still interesting for there to be tension between men and Avienda. Um, although they could have a better relationship before they go through the, through with this act. So speaking of that act, Rakathis and I, yeah. would you mind refreshing our memories for when Min, Avienda, and Elaine bond ran? Yes, I love a recap. Yes. Are we ready? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay, excellent. So we're in Nynaeve's room in the Royal Palace of Andor. Rand is talking to Nynaeve, Lan is chilling with his pipe, and in walk Elaine, Avienda, and Min. Rand sees them and he's like, oh, hey, time to go, Min. And Elaine's like, are you seriously going to leave without even talking to us? And Rand's like, yeah, pretty much. Sorry you got stuck with the Shan Chan prisoners. And Elaine is like, no, absolutely not. We are not leaving until the four of us talk. And Rand says, I love you, Elaine. I love you, Avienda. And I love you, Min. And I love you all equally. I'm a lecher. Sue me. And Nynaeve flips out. She's like, Randall Thor, that is the most outrageous thing you've ever said. You apologize right now. But instead, everyone just kind of pretends Nynaeve isn't there. Elaine says, I love you, Rand, and I want to marry you. And she blushes. And then Avienda says, I love you, Rand, and I want to make you a bridal wreath. And she blushes. And Min says, if you don't know I love you by now, you must be dead. She does not blush. Min is pretty chill about the whole thing. Nynaeve is not chill. If Nynaeve had a paper bag, she would be breathing into it. And then Elaine's like, you know what? Let's talk in my rooms. And it's like, oh, now you want privacy? Shouldn't you have brought that up like maybe before you broke Nynaeve? But they go to Elaine's rooms and they're like, Rand, we want to bond you our warder. And Rand is like, well, you're crazy. Also, you're too late. Alana already bonded me. And the three women are like, oh my God, we can't believe Alana did that. We hate her. But also, it doesn't matter. We can totally still bond you. And Rand's like, Min, did you know this would happen? And Min says, some things have to be, Rand. They have to be. And then Rand's like, okay, I'm in. And they bond him. The end. (laughs) Wonderful. Thank Thank you for letting me do that. I love uh, you recapping when they broke Nanave. I, if anyone forgot how Nynaeve got broken. Like, <laughs> why don't they ask her to leave the room? They know, they know how she's going to react to this, and they just pretend she's not there. It's crazy to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
If they keep this in the show, it would be great just for comic relief, but it really right. does take away from the moment. Like, like, I definitely mm. think that's why she's there, because it is it is kind of funny to see Nynaeve freak out about it, but I'm also like, in her defense, they just spring this on her, and there's no reason for it. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they just forget that she's there. Like, <laughs> it's like, crazy to me that then Elaine's like, you know what? We should get some privacy. I'm like, it's a little late, but yeah, right. I guess. <laughs> I know. I mean, it is this moment where they're, they should be trying to create like a safe space for Rand. Like they're, this is coming to fruition finally. Right. And they're like, they're like, oh, Nine will totally get this. Right. <laughs> like they knew how she was going to react. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, she's not a virgin anymore. She could handle it. Right. I don't know. I just like, it's a lot to spring on her. I also, Lan is smoking his pipe in that scene, which I feel yes. like Lan doesn't usually do, but it sort uh-huh. of keeps talking about how Lan's pipe is hanging out of his mouth and he's like examining his <laughs> pipe because he doesn't want to be there. And I just like kind of give him a pipe as a prop. It's great. Like, it. you know that Lan is going to get like a tongue lashing from Nynaeve after this just for witnessing it's it. Awesome. Yeah, just totally. in case he gets Absolutely. any ideas in his head. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't want to change the subject, but this brought up for me the idea of the double bond because it's such a big deal that Nynaeve has to go retrieve Lan's bond. So, like, you can just like do a secondary bond? I kind of forgot about that. It's interesting to read it how, like, Elaine starts it and then she passes it to a Vienda and Avienda has to do it, but they don't need Min to do it. So I'm like, well, then why do you have to pass it to Avienda? So it's it's an interesting, it's interesting. Well, I'm sure they'll have to answer some hard magic questions <laughs> when they get to do the show. Yeah. Do you think on the show we'll see them, like, we'll see the weaves of this? I think we'll have to. And I just feel like, uh, I can't wait to see the water bond. I'm going to, uh, I'll lose it. <laughs> 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 it's the little things. <laughs> Oh, what does that look like? <laughs> I'm picturing just like really pornographic things that I shouldn't be <laughs> passing. I mean, maybe. Uh, no, it won't look like that. I definitely shouldn't visually direct this show. <laughs> yeah, the, the channeling is what I'm definitely most excited to see. I can't wait. Yeah, it seems like Rafe's pretty excited about it. I know. I love that interview where he said like he screamed when he saw more. Yeah. I was like, oh, I can't. I can't. <laughs> it's gonna be great so this has been a really interesting conversation i feel like we touched on some good points uh the question of whether min's viewing should be incorporated completely or if she should tell both avienda and elaine beforehand or not what the relationships will be between the three women as well as like rand's path to acceptance it sounds like the consensus is he does need this is something that he has to grapple and struggle with yeah i think so yeah for it to come to full fruition yeah i, I think so yeah i really liked your point colin that at least Rand's, you know, struggling with this thing, and it's not like he's—it's not like he takes it as some kind of status symbol. Like he's struggling with it. So I—he's struggling I, with it too. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That's that's very true. Also, I think that they might have to change Avienda's viewing and Ruidion if they really wanted to keep them from knowing their fate. Because I don't know if Min actually tells her. I think she just—I think Avienda knows from Ruidion. That's true. She knows she mm. has to be with Rand and she's afraid because she told Elaine that she would look o- look out for him for her. Right, right. 
Yeah, some people have questioned like Avienda's sort of toe towards Elaine, like her, this idea that she has to sort of repent and that she has toe towards Elaine because she also has affection for Rand. Um, some people don't like the way that plays out and wish when Avienda comes to Elaine, it, it came about differently. It is kind of funny when I think it's Matt is like, oh, they're going to kill each other. Avienda, the Aiel's going to just kill <laughs> Princess Elaine over Rand. <laughs> that is really funny. Actually. He's trying to keep them apart like cats in a barn. It's probably because Matt has to deal with the scenario all the time. He's probably yeah. just used to it. Like, yeah, that's his, that's his experience with that particular scenario. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty funny. So I re refresh my memory. Is is Avienda feels that she has toe because she has feelings for Rand or because she has slept with Rand? Or is it both? I think it's I think it's both. I th I think, you know, definitely she says like, oh, I laid with him. I think that is her basically giving into it because she tried to resist. Right, so I don't right, think right, she right. had toe just for thinking of it because she's not irrational. And she'd probably think that was silly, but when she, you know, gives into that emotion and, and has him, yeah, then that's um, it. She also spends all this time saying to Rand, like, she talks about Elaine a lot, and she's like, you belong to Elaine. And every time oh, she right. says it, I'm like, no, he doesn't. What are you doing? Yeah, no, he doesn't. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, there, yeah there's a lot of problematic stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, just like another point is people want to see more of a relationship between Elaine and Rand. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because besides a bit of snogging, like There's they don't really have yeah. much. It's just more like when a girl gets infatuated with a guy. Totally. So I, I think that's easily solved even if their time together is short. It's just I, I feel like when they're in the Stone of Tear – uh, their time together is alluded to and they're seen making out in corners. But we, uh, you know, once Elaine says, you know, like, oh, I like you and makes her like affections kind of clear, we don't really get another moment with them that shows more of a bond. So I think like just a few more moments with them, we could see that connection. Yes. Yeah, I think it's an eventful enough series that like we can have the relationships come out of real experiences. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, that scene where Egwene kind of gives Elaine to Rand is very weird to me. Oh, yeah, that's... I don't mean to phrase it in a bad way, but that is just kind of how no, it... No, that's basically what happens. Yeah. 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 Even though, like, the, you know, they call it Rand's harem, it's really them passing Rand around, <laughs> and, like, which is equally right. problematic. Like, yeah. This... They say in this, in the the scene I recap, they, uh, Elaine says... We want to bond you as our warder, Rand. It is customary to ask first. And I'm like, um, it's like, okay. yeah. Yeah, right. Like, were you just going to do it anyway? Like, Right. Okay. Like, was that ever in question for you? Yeah, right. But also, now that I think about it, like, it's interesting that, I mean, part of Jordan's impetus for writing this series is the idea of what it's like to be a savior and the, the infinite number of directions that people are going to be trying to pull you in if you are that person. So in a way, this relationship becomes a microcosm of that um, because like Rand feels, that's at least the way in terms of the way Rand feels because he feels pulled in these different directions. Like he can't, he feels like he can't have all three mm -hmm, until yeah. they come to him. So I think it's, it's, an, it's just an interesting parallel, I think. I'm just curious to see how they tie all these things together. And I don't want to lose a lot of that nuance that I think he intentionally put in, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think, you know, we wouldn't have such strong opinions and reactions to it if there wasn't a lot there. And it is like a really compelling relationship. So it's exciting to see it brought to life. I think the one thing I don't want to see is it lost. You know, um, some fans have suggested they're very much in the camp of it being this more Daenerys Targaryen journey, like, oh, I'm in this nation, I have an affair with this person, and then I move on, and then Hmm. I have a relationship with this person, and then next. Mm -hmm. And it being like this linear thing without connective tissue between the three of them. I think Hmm. I, I would hate to see that lost from the books. Yeah, I agree because I think it would be such a missed opportunity to um, to kind of deliver on where the books for me fall short as far as like giving the women relationships between each other and yeah. and Elaine and Rand. So yeah, it would be a shame to not take the opportunity to really go further with that because I think I love these characters and I I want better relationships for them. Yeah, mm, yeah, love it. Well, thank you so much for Kappa Sedai. This has been so much fun. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you. You may know as Tigrain Mantir on Twitter of Time, also known as uh, Shail, the Dragon Reborn's mother. <laughs> uh, but today, uh, in this turning of the wheel, she goes by Zoe, and we're happy to have her on Randland to talk about this relationship between Rand and all his lovely ladies. Welcome, Zoe. Yeah, hi, guys. Hello, welcome. So, I mean, many of our fans have probably talked to you and heard your opinions on Twitter of Time, which is why uh, we're excited for you to join us. Also, we agree with you a lot. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm very opinionated on Twitter of Time. <laughs> we love it. Um, so tell us, like, as a fan, uh, assume you've read the whole series, like, what? What was your introduction to the Wheel of Time? When did you get started? Yeah, I got started when I was like, I think I was 12 years old. It was 1999. And I was just always an avid reader my whole life. And my dad had this theory that he could buy me any book with a woman, a horse, and a sword on the front of it. (laughs) And and that I would just love it. And as you guys know, the cover of The Eye of the World in the 90s had Maureen and Lan on their horses. So that was actually how I got The Eye of the World and started reading. And um, yeah, I just, I would read it over and over again. I was such a voracious reader that it was hard for my parents to like keep up the supply. <laughs> and so I would just read things over and over and over again. And so I read it like just a ton of times you know, every single time a new book came out, that whole, that whole uh, journey, a lot of fans have had. Yeah. 
That's awesome. I'm jealous that you got to have that journey. I, I wish I discovered it earlier. Although I'm 32 and I think you could still buy me a book with a horse, a lady, and a sword <laughs> on it and it would be up my alley. Same, same. That's a pretty actually good rule of thumb I've had my entire life for buying <laughs> <laughs> They got you started early. (laughs) So in terms of your Twitter of time participation, uh, obviously you have like a in-character account and also you speak out of character. But what made you, I'm curious, why to grain? I wanted a character that hadn't been taken yet. I didn't want to like step on anyone's toes, you know, if there was like a really firmly established like person that had it. So... I kind of just looked through um, Ayanda's character list of all the claimed characters and then looked through like the Wheel of Time character list. And I was like, oh, you know what? Shail is awesome. Like I should be her. She's such an unsung, like underappreciated character Mm -hmm. because obviously she doesn't Mm -hmm. get screen time. So of course it's hard to like pay attention to somebody who doesn't get actual time on the page. But yeah, so I kind of just decided to go with that. And I felt like I could make her my own because there is nothing in the books mm-hmm. to show her personality. Mm-hmm. So I kind of mm-hmm. just was able to be myself <laughs> as her, as bad as that sounds. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of how that came about. Nice. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Because yeah, I, cool. I, I do think she's unsung and we don't think about her enough, obviously, because she's not alive during the course of the books. But I... I was thinking when I was thinking about you um, that it would be cool on the Wheel of Time on Prime show if there is like a cold open that shows some of Tigraine's story, you know, like that would be cool because, you know, it's it's told secondhand, but it would be awesome to see that, you know? Yeah, I think that would be amazing because I think it's just such an interesting journey she had to take to even you know, get to that point and have Rand and all that stuff. And there's so much history of the world tied up in it too, with like the Aeol War and all that stuff. So I feel like Mm -hmm. it would probably be smart for them to show that at least at some point. I think so too. I think actually, do you remember the the interview that, or not the interview, but the Instagram, I think it was Instagram questions that Rafe answered. Someone said, will there be any any Aeol in the first season? Mm -hmm. And he said, yes, and not who you think it is. I wonder if it might be. Shail. Maybe. We'll see. Ooh, that would be very cool. Yeah, that would be interesting if it is. I I could talk about Tigraine a lot longer, but I'm (laughs) going to keep it moving. Um, So uh, just a quick icebreaker before we get into today's topic. There was a poll on Twitter about the Aiel's hair preferences. (laughs) Uh, Would you like to tell us about that and your personal point of view and whatever reactions you may have gotten on Twitter? Yeah, I asked if the Maidens of the Spear should have the rat tail hairstyle as it's described in the books, (laughs) which my impression from Robert Jordan and what he said is a lot of the Aiel stuff is like a little bit of a joke to him, like the fact that they're redheads in the desert and all of that. So I kind of lump that part in as part of the joke, (laughs) but (laughs) apparently a lot of people feel really strongly that that hairstyle should be kept. So I think they should just keep it like the spirit of the rat tail, but something a little cooler. Like I think the hair arts have come a long way since, since Mm -hmm. Robert Jordan was writing. So I think we can do Mm -hmm. something a little, a little better. (laughs) 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 Keep it in the same spirit, but like make it a little better. 
Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. maybe a braid or something cool, but the rest of the hair short or I don't know, something more yeah. interesting. I think if I see like what I think of as like the American rat tail haircut, I will just like <laughs> disconnect <laughs> and not be able to take anything seriously anymore. It's just a bunch <laughs> of like Irish crust punks in the desert. Just <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I've always imagined like, I don't know, like the general post-apocalyptic kind of like messy short haircuts, you know, like mm-hmm. you think about them, like when Sulin's like hair grows out and then she's like, when, she, when she's finally done with, um, with uh, repaying her, her, uh, her toe and she's like, okay, get me some scissors so I can cut my hair. I'm like, yeah, just cut it with some scissors and go. Like it doesn't yeah. need to yeah. be like, I like that part. So I'd like to see something like, something like that maybe. Yeah, totally. That would be good. I, yeah, I feel like we're all going to come out of quarantine with ideal haircuts. <laughs> just like, Jamie, did you cut your hair with scissors and leave one single rat tail? Yeah. <laughs> no, everyone's doing it. <laughs> yeah, you just missed the spot. That's it. <laughs> the Los Angeles desert look. <laughs> the Los Angeles desert look. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I know that look well. all right all right well moving on uh we're here today to talk about rand and his romantic entanglements with min elaine and avienda um so before we talk about what that might mean for the tv show i do want to take a look at you know uh how the relationship exists in the books and what fans' different reactions are to this. Uh, You know, there's a lot of applause for it and on the other hand, a lot of criticism. Um, So I'm curious, Zoe, like, where do you sort of land on the spectrum? I kind of land on I'm good with the relationships in the books. Like, it doesn't bother me. I think the way it plays out, um, the women actually make... (laughs) the decisions kind of like Rand (laughs) is actually kind of very passive in it. And so it doesn't feel like he's a player. It doesn't feel like he's exploiting the situation. Um, It just kind of feels like this is what happened and they kind of all decide to make the best of it. But, you know, there was a point in the books where Rand was like, I'm not even going to see Elaine and I'm not going to see Avienda anymore. And I'm just going to, I'm too weak to let go of men, so I'm just going to be with men. And then they all kind of got together and decided that that wasn't what was going to happen. So I don't see Rand as like a creep or anything like that. And it didn't really bother me in the book. So I'm fine with it. Um, I could see how they could make it maybe a little cooler for the show, but I'm fine with it the way it is. And when you say like Rand isn't a creep, have you seen different reactions in the fandom? Like what do you see as the different points of view from fans who maybe aren't as keen on the relationship or like what kind of problems do you see people talking about? Yeah, I mean, I've seen people that are like, love it. And they're like, he's so lucky. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, But then I've also seen, especially like women that are very uncomfortable with it. They I think in our society, when we see that kind of relationship, it sometimes um, is not ethical in some sort of fashion, whether it's like a polygamous relationship where you kind of tend to see that in Western culture only in like certain types of like religious circumstances. Um, It's just not common. And so I think sometimes people struggle with it from that point of view. And then I also think they struggle with it because I think a lot of people think that it was just Robert Jordan indulging his own personal fantasy of having three women. And I think 
some, especially again, women may find that a little bit uncomfortable. Um, so I've seen just a broad spectrum of reactions and, um, to the it, very, very against it to the, oh my God, I wish I was Rand. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that recap. Um, Colin, did you have any comments before I interject? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think we do see a lot of different reactions and I think Zoe's kind of hit the nail on the head and in, in terms of how it lands with different people based on what, what their cultural experience is. And people are going to feel different ways about it. I, I personally, mm-hmm. I think, like I said before, like I, I, I like the relationship. I think it does have some problems, some things that Amazon could um, perhaps do better. Um, but ultimately, I think, I think it's, it's a good thing. I agree. I, I think Zoe, you raised like two interesting points. One is sort of awareness and education around polyamory and around these different types of relationships, because for some people who you know, live in different parts of the country or aren't like super liberal, they might only see it on like, you know, Mormon reality shows where there's one guy and 20 wives and that's like their only uh, entree into it. And they're not aware of different sorts of modern relationships that people have. Mm -hmm. Um, We were talking earlier today with Rakapa Sadai um, about men's viewing and how that impacts this relationship. And I started kind of thinking of what if Robert Jordan put that in to sort of hold people's hand to get comfortable with this concept, you know, like by making it a viewing and then watching it unfold. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like, it's a, it's a foretelling so you can sort of get comfortable with it. And it's like this destiny thing. And then with the other instances of polyamory or polygamy, he leaves it very vague, mm-hmm. you know, so that no one is like having too strong of a reaction to it. But I think that is going to change with the TV show because you can obviously you you can't leave it as vague and you can play it off a lot of different ways. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point. I think it's a double edged sword, though, when you start bringing in like the prophecy or or the destiny aspect of it, because mm-hmm. I think it could be argued that because Rand is Tavirin, maybe the women have less agency in it and less choice in it than it appears that they do. So I feel like if you go down that path, it opens up just a can of worms of like <laughs> Tavirin pull in a relationship and if that's actually, you know, a good thing or not. Right, right. Because yeah, you're right. It feels like, especially like from men's point of view, she talks a lot about how she's not normally attracted to guys like Rand. She usually goes for someone older, more worldly. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, it could be argued that she is attracted to him or pulled towards him because of the Tavirin thing. So whether that's a good thing or not, you know, we're all servants of the pattern um, in some way <laughs> or another. We all get used by it. So uh, I don't think that's that drastically different from other characters' experiences, but it's just something to think about. Yeah, yeah. I, I am most curious how they play men's viewing off in the TV show, just because, you know, she sees, you know, as soon as she meets Rand, that she is going to fall in love with them. But at what point does she actually fall in love with him, you know, or like showing that sort of struggle that she might have? She's quite coy and playful in the beginning. So we get the sense that she's sort of like begrud- begrudgingly accepting of it. 
But if you actually saw you were gonna like fall in love with someone and you they weren't even like your usual type and you didn't know them, like I'd probably freak out. Like I'd just be like, what? Like, <laughs> I mean, on the one hand, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that would love if their soulmate could be identified to them that easily. But yeah, it's definitely interesting. And I feel like actually all the women kind of had an experience where they just immediately like fell in love with them. Like Elaine he falls into her garden and she's like, I love him. <laughs> and it's just right. <laughs> off to the races. Um, so <laughs> I feel like that's kind of an unrealistic thing. And I hope maybe they build out that courtship a little bit more, uh, regardless yeah. of whether they know that they're supposed to fall in love with him or not from men's visions. Yeah, I think that's like a, a common opinion also that they want more of a relationship to be shown between Elaine and Rand. Yeah. Yeah. I know uh, we were talking earlier and you mentioned the sort of triple goddess theory. Could could you sort of talk more about that? Because the women, obviously, like, they all sort of come into his life at different points and have different roles. So I think it's interesting. This is something that did not originate with me. I'm not smart enough to think of this. So <laughs> not taking credit for it. There's quite a few, like, Reddit threads you can find about it. Um, but basically, the idea is that the three women represent the three faces of the triple goddess, which was basically a pagan belief in Arthurian times. And because Robert Jordan obviously took so much from Arthurian legend, especially for kind of the main cast, a lot of people think that the three women are supposed to represent the three facets of that goddess, which is the maiden, the matron, and the crone. And so the maiden would be Avienda. She's a maiden of the spear, wed to no man. The matron would be Elaine. She's the one that gets pregnant right away. And she's also a mother to her country. Um, and then you have Min, who has the foretelling, um, which these kind of like seer powers are considered to be part of the crone aspect in that kind of religion. So I, I was like a huge Arthurian legend junkie when I was like in middle school. I went through a huge <laughs> And uh, shocking, I'm, such, shocking. I'm such a nerd. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, and that was present in almost like every book I read. So I have a really hard time imagining that Robert Jordan was not aware of it. Um, mm -hmm. Because I know sometimes these theories, you know, you think of something that the author never intended to put in there. Um, and mm. it just coincidentally matches up. But I do think that would have been something he would have been aware of. And he was asked about it from the brief research I did at, I think, a book signing. And he kind of like gave an answer that he gave like a very eyes to die answer where he kind of like danced around actually saying whether it was this or not. Um, so I don't think there's anything like on record one way or another, but I feel like it's a nice way to look at it versus some of the more negative takes people could have from it. Yeah. No, I think I think there's a lot of credence to it. Um, it's it's kind of it's a little too perfect, I think, to not have some mm -hmm. some basis in 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 truth. You know. Um, yeah, there was someone else on Twitter. Time brought up the fact that each of them also represent like a part of Rand's heritage, um, which was really cool. Mm -hmm. Like the Endoran mm -hmm. heritage, the Aiel heritage, and then obviously like the small town Two Rivers heritage. Um, mm -hmm. So that was really interesting too. So I think we've, you know, we've looked at the books and we've looked at fan theories. 
Now sort of moving on to how things might change on the TV show. Is there anything that you think you'd want to see changed in terms of the relationships between the three women? Between the three women, I would say I'm kind of fine. I've heard some like different options on how this could play out. Like you could have Elaine and Avienda as a couple and then Randon Min as a couple. Um, You could have um, them in kind of like a group polyamorous, like, quadruple mm-hmm. relationship um, <laughs> all together. Uh, I'm not using the scientific terms here. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I've heard a few different ways. I'm fine with whatever. I think both of those scenarios would honestly be a little bit more entertaining. Um, mm-hmm. And I think they would be interesting in terms of representation on the show as well and would probably hopefully engender some positive press around it um, would mm-hmm. be my hope. Um, so I would be fine with either of those scenarios. And I, I, from the interviews Rafe has given, it does seem like he may go down one of those paths. Right, right. Yeah. And I mean, he's confirmed that Min is in the show, but I'm still waiting to hear an update on Elaine. Like, I want to know when she's going to come into the series and who's <laughs> playing her. I'm, it's like a mystery. <laughs> Yeah, part of me thinks maybe they're like pushing anything with the Royals till the next season or something like that, because I think it's really weird we haven't seen any of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it is kind of strange they haven't announced anything. I I don't know. I try to I try not to speculate too hard, but mm-hmm. it is kind of it is kind of interesting. I'm curious. Um, we've been talking about the different sort of modern relationships that can be found within Will of Time, and another sort of counterpoint to the Rand relationship with the three women is the Aiel custom mm-hmm. of uh, clan or er, men taking multiple wives and sister wives. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm curious your thoughts on that, like both you and Colin. Because it's unclear whether there's a relationship between their sister wives, but uh, does that mean they're intimate? I mean, the words, it's it's a little confusing, like the limits of that relationship, I guess. I don't know if I'm articulating the no, correct you are. way. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, from my point of view, um, I'm assuming <laughs> that it's pretty much whatever each each group wants to do. Uh, I think it's probably pretty individual depending on the circumstances and the sexualities of the people in these relationships. I'm sure there are situations where there, you know, isn't a sexual relationship between the wives, but they are both so close or maybe like best friends that they genuinely feel that way. But I'm sure there's also situations where maybe there is. It's hard to tell, especially with the scene when Avienda and Elaine become sister wives, because you know, it's like, how do you take that? Yeah. (laughs) They were like kind of really going through like a birth together. And so it's like, do you, does it become weird if they did have a sexual relationship? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The word sister is like, yeah, (laughs) throws me (laughs) off a little bit. Like, and that's, that was like one of the bigger questions I had where I was like, okay, if the show is going to change the nature of their relationship, does that then kind of change the ideal culture? Because that's kind of where that idea of them being sister wives and all kind of co-bonded to Rand actually right. kind of stemmed from, even though obviously Elaine and Min aren't ideal. Totally. So I was like, does this just branch out? And then whatever changes made to their relationship, does it change every relationship we see amongst Aiel, like Amis mm. and all of those characters? So does it change the culture? Yeah. 
Yeah. That's, that's a good, that's a really good point. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know what they're going to do. That's, that's a really interesting. <laughs> a really interesting I heard you point. had a lot of opinions, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of opinions. It's true. <laughs> I think it's it's interesting the relationship that we see if if we look at the Aiel as a model for this kind of um maybe non-traditional relationship um we we can call it maybe mm-hmm. it's interesting that we see very 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 close relationships between all of the sister wives within the Aiel culture. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that um I think obvious obviously Avienda is expresses that that has to happen between she and Elaine. And I think she and Elaine, um, they obviously get to that point. But I'm wondering if the show is going to bring some of that into the rest of the the relationships, right? Are they going to flesh out the relationships between Elaine and men or Avienda and men? And um, and even the the relationship as as a quad, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if they're going to keep it as a quad, are we going to see are we going to be able to see them flesh this out as not that they should divert the intention to, to this particular thing, but mm-hmm. are they going to be able to incorporate that so that we see this and believe it as, as something that, that could and would happen and be sustainable? I don't know. It's, it's just an interesting thing um, because we do, it is so, such a strong model that we see within the IO culture. I would like to see it extended into the rest of the, the characters. Yeah, I mean, I think the fact that there is a model culturally for that type of relationship makes the relationship more believable in world. And that's mm-hmm. important. So I yeah. think I think whatever they do, it is probably going to have to match up, you know, yeah. so, somehow. <laughs> I, I think the IEL customs are also important because it's not just the we'll call it non-traditional marriage, but also there are other customs. And I'm curious to see how that's fleshed out in the show. You know, in the sweat tents, that shows that they're very comfortable with nudity. They don't have the same hang-ups that, you know, our culture and Andor, say, has. And they just seem more comfortable being intimate with each other. There's also Matt... Oh, what's her name? Melendra? Oh, Melendra. Yeah. Matt and Melindra, you know, so we know that it's totally kosher to have casual sex. They don't have the two rivers hangups of giving your parents a year notice before you get married. And then like, <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so there's, you know, a lot to, to grab onto there. I'm also curious, you know, if there were to be more intimate relationships between the women or some of the women, um, how that would play out. You say, you know, when Avienda tells Elaine that, you know, I laid with Rand, Mm -hmm. if Elaine would have mixed feelings because she also has affection for Avienda. So it's not just about her, like, Avienda being with Rand and her being uncomfortable or maybe a little bit jealous that she hasn't had him yet but also being a little possessive of avienda like elaine being jealous of of both avienda and rand yes yeah like rand getting to be with avienda right 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 like if say they had been some sort of pillow friend before they departed Mm -hmm. yeah i agree i also think it would be interesting to see because we mostly only see models of like men with multiple women, like, is there a model mm-hmm. where a woman in ale culture has multiple men? <laughs> like, right. And kind of like, what does that look like, too? Um, and that's something that I think if they shift more towards, like, straight polyamory that you can get into more. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that would be really cool and interesting, too. 
and makes it, I think it makes it a little more, it a little bit more palatable to Western audiences as well, because at least then it's not gender based. Right, right. When we were talking uh, to Rick Hapa earlier, um, I brought up the, well, we were talking about like the green Aja and that mm-hmm. kind of being maybe a foil, right? In that respect, in terms of an Aes Sedai bonding multiple oh, waters. Yeah, I didn't think of that. So there's, there's a, there's, there's an avenue that could be explored there in terms of showing perhaps quote unquote, the flip side to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was talking about um, Alana being um, the obvious kind of the obvious choice in terms of uh, her prominence within the books, but as well as the fact that she's already been cast and we know mm-hmm. that she's going to have maybe a bigger, a bigger role in the show. But even I was just reading about um, Marella the other day, Marella Sadai. And I think that that relationship would be, for me, I think it's it's even more of a foil because she actually does marry her warders. Yeah, I do like that there's an in-world foil kind of automatically built. Um, mm-hmm. I do think because the Aiel are so into battle, I'm assuming, you know, <laughs> there may be like a population issue, which may explain why men have multiple wives and not vice versa, mm. um, because mm. obviously more of the male warriors are going out and getting killed. So yeah, maybe that explains it. Maybe that brings the balance the wheel needs into the world. <laughs> um, yeah, I would be fine with that. I think, you know, ultimately, like, I'm easy to please. I'm kind of fine with whatever, you know, as long as they're mutually informed, consenting adults, do you, um, mm. I'll be good. But yeah, I think I like having that kind of idea of that foil in the green Aja because I do think, you know, viewers are going to want to see some sort of balance and some sort of equality. And I think it's yeah. also on theme for the books in general. This idea of balance yeah. and the idea of kind of those meeting on equal levels is really important. So I think that's a really good point that actually I hadn't considered before. I was just thinking, as you mentioned, Varela and all her warder husbands, <laughs> like, what kind of uh, birth control do they have going on in the White Tower? Because I said I'd never get pregnant, and then I thought definitely two rivers lambskin condoms for sure. That's definitely what they're using. Oh my god! <laughs> There's got to be a weave. There's got to be a weave. Be, oh, definitely. Yeah, I was thinking totally. like, could they create like a like a catch with air or something? Probably like one like... of the like green green Aja specific weaves. Yeah, that you learn upon immediately. Like day one, they're like, "You got to know this one, girl." (laughs) I think you know how there's like all these empty novice like rooms in the novice quarters. I think they're just like stores full of lambskin condoms, (laughs) and the the Ajas like just pick them up on their (laughs) way there. (laughs) I'm sure Nanave has some herbal remedies too for that sort of. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. She's not using it with land. You know she wants to have land babies. <laughs> they definitely didn't pass that along to you, Lane, at all. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine pregnant Nynaeve's temper? Oh, <laughs> like, no. Oh, <laughs> She's going to be the worst pregnant person ever, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. You just see land like, aggressively smoking his <laughs> pipe and, like... <laughs> He never goes in the house. Oh, no. <laughs> He's like, I have a new mission. I'll be back in 10 years. I trust you to rule Malkyrie. 
like she could also be one of those women who it has like that weird effect on that it like really calms them down and like softens them a little bit (laughs) and she just turns into like a completely (laughs) different person and everybody just like double takes like what (laughs) happened to this woman I yeah. think Lance's skin would crawl. He'd be like, ah, I don't know what's happening. That would be amazing. Yeah. yeah. That would that be amazing, be yeah. Uh, all right. Well, thank you guys so much. Are there any other um, comments you wanted to make before we wrap up? For me, I just, you know, I really hope they don't turn it into a typical, like, love triangle relationship drama on the show. That's, like, my only mm. request is do not you know capitalize on that for drama you know because i think a lot yeah the daytime melodrama thing yeah yeah like a lot of tv Mm -hmm. shows really love the the will they won't they thing and the kind of the back and forth um and i just don't think that's necessary i think the way the women are so respectful of each other and like manage their jealousy and all of that is and and genuinely want each other to be happy is just really wonderful and that is my biggest hope is that they don't they don't change that I feel like, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know Rafe personally. Should big shocker, but um, I feel like I trust him <laughs> not to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ever, you know, with each time I hear him speak, I love him more and more, and so yeah. I'm really hoping that doesn't that doesn't happen, or there's no pressure from the studio or anything like that right. to make it that yeah. way. Um, it, I think there's enough in the show that I don't think it's super super high risk for that. There's enough plot that <laughs> creates drama on its own that I think we're. Yeah. I think we're right. good. And we kind of have a little bit of relationship tension with Lan and Eve. So I think that that'll kind of be that like, right. Oh right, my right, God, right. is this going to happen or not? Kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. Agree. I, I also totally trust Rafe. I, it makes me feel more confident knowing that he's at the helm mm-hmm. and, you know, I agree. I think the worst thing they could do is make these women compete like, compete amongst themselves for Rand, that would be just a horrible distortion of what really is good about their relationships in the book. And they should just build on that. And also my other fear is that they would just discard this and make them just separate relationships that happen at different points in the timeline. Mm -hmm. I think something would definitely be lost there. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard some people propose that. And yeah, I think, yeah, you would definitely lose some opportunities there to just do something interesting. And regardless of if it's controversial or not, I mean, that just means more people will hear about the wheel of time show. Watch it. Let's, let's do that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I feel like on our podcast in particular, like we're, very supportive and have like all this good faith toward the show and are also very open to divergences from the book. And I think this is one sticking point for me where obviously I would still watch it, but it would be really hard for me to watch the loss of this sort of, uh, this relationship, the complexity of it. Yeah, I agree. I think that would be, it would just be so standard at that point that it would just be like, why, you know, and then every main relationship is kind of, you know, already a little bit monogamous and normal, not normal, I should say yeah. that, but like kind of what you normally see on TV is what I mean. And yeah. um yeah, I just think it would, it would take away. I think it's a really cool aspect to the story and um Yeah. Yeah, and I think they have plenty of time to build it. Like like you said, if Elaine isn't coming into play later, like or Avienda comes in at a different point, maybe earlier than the books. I mean, they 
they have all this time to introduce the relationships. It doesn't have to happen, you know, in the pilot. It happens over time, so it can feel quite like a natural build. Yeah. And you get the tension that way. Yeah, I agree. And you also see some of these women, like especially Elaine and Avienda, spend more time away from Rand than they do with him. So I think, like, how do you put them together? What's the reason they're motivated to travel together if you take that away, you know? Because mm-hmm. it's like that was the reason Avienda went and, like, met up with Elaine in the first place was to fulfill her toe that she right. had for her. For sleeping with Rand. So I think it's like, it just changes the story in a way that's like not, it just makes it not make sense anymore. Yeah, things start to fall apart for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that concludes our conclusions about Randman, Avienda, and Elaine. Zoe, thank you so much for joining us. This was awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. In conclusion, <laughs> queerness is the only way to fix this, and I don't care about people's agendas, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, in conclusion, I I have confidence in Rafe that he's going to pull this off in the right way, um, in the way that satisfies existing fans and makes it a somewhat comfortable situation for people coming into the world from the outside. Uh, obviously, I don't care if people are like not comfortable with the the idea of polyamory, but I think that Rafe will make it authentic and believable that there is this intimacy between these people and do it in like a ethical way. Right, right, right. Yeah, I I, I, I do have a lot of confidence in Rafe um, that he'll will do it justice. I hope that it will differ from the books in a positive way, which of course is subjective, Mm -hmm. but I'm also, I think, grounded enough to realize that he's not going to make everyone happy. Yeah. I also worry, I mean, not that I worry, it's the same as with anything, but when you introduce these concepts and themes within any medium, like a book or a TV show, there's always going to be people that put the wrong spin on it and take it the wrong way, and not just people who are uncomfortable with polyamory, but like, the people who view the relationship as Rand's harem. Right. Like Rand has this stable of women totally. when in fact that is not the reality. And if anything we've talked about today, the scales are tipped the other way right. and that Rand has the least say. He has the least agency. <laughs> Which, he has the least agency. Yeah, but I mean, Rafe has reiterated time and time again that it's about balance. And so I think this relationship is just another example and an opportunity to show and create that balance between them. I mean, actually, I think um, Zoe brought up a good point when she was talking about um, it being a sticky situation when you start to think about the prophecy and men's viewings and whatnot in so much as, or the idea of destiny and Tavirin Mm -hmm. and the pattern. Um, Like, who actually has agency? Like, I mean, I think a lot of the book is about the fact that Rand has very little agency. Um, and what what can he do with the agency that he does have? Um, mm-hmm. So, if you start to think about whether or not the women have agency in this relationship, because perhaps they're being pulled by Taviran, it's I don't know. It becomes it becomes an interesting thing in terms of the idea of balance, right? When you think when you pair that with what it looks like in terms of their actual relationship, interpersonal relationship, and, and him not mm-hmm. and him, him having less agency in that in that respect. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's an interesting concept of balance it is interesting because i mean 
maybe the counterpoint to that is like the pattern gives him what he needs and it's not like it's just forced on him like he really needs it and he needs their support and he needs all their different strengths that they an education that they bring to him so that he can grow into the person he needs to be I think the conclusion is that it's just a really good series, you know? I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. It's so good, we've made a podcast about it. <laughs> but uh, to everyone at home, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we definitely want to hear more of your opinions online. Uh, so please tweet at us at Rantland TV Pod. Shouldn't it be tower law that you have to get someone's consent to bond them? Like, it's pretty fucked up that that's not tower law. It's just a custom. Like, Wait, that's a good point. Is it not? I guess it's not law. It's, it's not, not tower law. It's mm-hmm. not tower law. And it's because of, I actually was just listening to that yesterday. Like a thousand years ago, it was not unheard of for men to just be bonded because that's what the I said I wanted. Wow. Um, and it became kind of customary. Like, okay, well, I guess we should start asking. Um, it's like, I don't know, honestly, like, the more I read this, every time I reread this, I like Aes Sedai less and less. They're fucking yeah. apples, dude. I know. That's why I want to uh, do an episode about the Reds, because I know you have such... I have really strong feelings. I yeah. know, but yeah. I'm a Red, so... Wait, do you, do yeah, you I have like really the Reds, feelings. or are you... I... Nah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Reds. They make you feel know. a kind of way. I mean, I don't know. I, I recognize that there's a lot of nuance within the Reds. I don't think that they're definitely just flat out man haters. I think that there are definitely some people who join the Red and they're like, no, like men channeling is bad and that's a bad thing. But also I love my husband, you know, or whatever, you sure. know. Um, but then there are others who are just like, no, men equals bad, you know. Right. And- I think I think the problem is we really only see, for the most part, the ones who are like, men are bad. We hate men. And yeah, like. Right. Versus, I think there is a, I don't want to go too far into it, but I think there is a compelling case for w- the women who are drawn to the red for a good reason and for their bravery and like wanting yeah. to do this super dangerous task that has to be done. Yeah. But obviously, yeah. like culturally, I think it's evolved to an extent like, why do you hate all, like you just mistrust and hate all men and you hate sex with men and you like can't even. But I'm also curious as a microcosm how they are as women because I feel like they're the most different from the other Ajas like they have to have their own like culture in their fucking quarters of like you know (laughs) Uh, so we'll we'll see how that goes